Jack McKenney from the Old Golden Black Weekly Sports Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host Jake Stewart. How you doing, Jake? It's great to be back. It's another beautiful week in Winston-Salem, and another great week for Wake Sports. We've got another championship we need to talk about. Tell we us sure about do. it. We sure do. We just talked about the women's golf team winning the ACC championship. How about the men's team? They did it as well. The number 15 ranked men's golf team has done it again. The boys in black and gold took home the hardware, winning the ACC championship for the first time since 1989 this past weekend. Jake, they defeated Georgia Tech. Three to two in extra holes with none but Alex Fitzpatrick's late match heroics. It's the program's 19th title, the most in ACC, and the first for head coach Jerry Haas. So great to see him get his his first ACC title. For the fourth time ever, Wake Forest claimed the ACC in both men's and women's tennis. Very, I mean, excuse me, tennis, golf. Very special, Jake. It's crazy. I mean, it's in the same year, too. It, it's a great year to be a Demon Deacon fan, and no doubt about it. Congratulations to both the men's and the women's team. Roll the quad. How about baseball, Jack? Tell us about the uh, the up and down week with baseball. Yeah, pretty tough week. Let's be honest here. Uh, they they went to South Bend and, and they got swept. You know that was that was kind of tough, right? I mean, the week before Notre Dame had uh, had been swept by Duke, who we swept here at the couch, and I think Notre Dame was right around five hundred in the ACC. So we're kind of neck and neck with them, and it was really a, a bit of a statement series for this team and. And they, they got swept, so really tough. First game, they lost 8-3. to three. Uh, There was a 70-minute rain delay wow. in South Bend. Brandon Tinsman extended his hitting streak to eight games, and Adam Ciceri marked his 14th multi-hit of the season. Jake, tell us about Game 3. Yeah, it was a different story for the Deeks. They put up 12 runs in large part thanks to three pair, uh, two, two three-run pair of home runs from Michael Turconi and Jake Reinish. Turk, too, he had a three-hit day, but Wake, unfortunately, was walked off in the bottom of the ninth. 13-12 uh, to 12 was the final score. And Jack, you know what stands out to me was just the pitching this past week. I mean, it, it just wasn't there. Reminded me a lot of, of flashes of the past season we had. The, the arms this week gave up 62 runs across five games. And my math isn't great, but that's, that's not good. You know, Notre Dame still, we can't get it twisted. A great team, number 13 ranked in the uh, entire country, but uh, still a tough week to get swept by then. And then, and then to follow that up with High Point, Jack, tell, tell us about that one. Falls to High Point on a walk-off. Really, really tough way to lose, you know, against against your neighbor, you know, against a team that, you know, most of the guys probably didn't even get recruited by Wake Forest, right, coming from that team. So that's tough from a Wake Forest fan to see that. Um, I will say, though, as a baseball player, you know, Jack, you can probably provide more insight on this than I can. But, you know, coming off of a, of a, a walk-off and, and Wake, you know, was walked off twice this past week, I feel like it's almost rejuvenating to say, like, all right, we're not going to – we don't want this to happen to us again. We're going to play harder tomorrow, and we're going to come out and, and, and be a better team. So we'll see how they play next week. Well, yeah, that's a great point. But not only that, but it's demoralizing. I mean, losing on a walk-off is, is tough. You know, you're walking off the field. The other team is just ecstatic. Everyone's running onto the field for them. That's tough, you know. That that's a really tough way. Sure. There's no there's no harder way to lose a game than that. Well, well, we talk about coming back, you know, from a tough game. Well, they they sure came alive against Gardner Webb this past Wednesday night. They put up 21 hits, Jack, and they moved to 19 and two in non-conference games this season. And get this stat: they had a 470 batting average and 10 RBIs with two outs. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and Jake Brandon Tinsman extended his hitting streak to 11 games this week. He is absolutely raking right now. And how about this, Jake? Jake Reinsch has an on-base streak of 39 games. Wow. 
Wow. I mean, he's, he's been he's been the leader of this team. I mean, who is this guy? Trey Turner? I mean, wow. That's <laughs> incredible. Um, All righty, let's move on to track and field. Jack, what do you have for us this week? Yeah, so like we said, last podcast, they were uh, in the UVA Challenge and South Carolina Open last week. At the Virginia Challenge, Wake Forest was led by Thomas Vanapin, who finished first in the men's 1500 meter with a three minute and 40 second run. Good for third in school history. Wow. Another record. to him. There's just too many records to go around with this school. Zach Fascioni placed fifth in the men's 5,000 meter with a time of 13 minutes and 37 seconds. It's good for second in school history in the event. The women were led by McKenna Curtis Collins, who finished in the 5,000 meter with a time just over 16 minutes, fourth in school history, and her personal best. Congratulations to her. I know my roommate, Jackie, he's a track and field uh, athlete and was in high school, told me those personal bests feel real, real nice, so congratulations to her for that. Then at the South Carolina Open, the team earned three wins. Tony Jones taking home the first place at the men's high jump with the second best score in school history, and Megan O'Malley winning the women's high jump. And then, Jack, our boy Thomas Kitchell won the shot put once again with Wake Forest's third best throw ever. Love to see the men succeeding. That's awesome. Just had him on the podcast. Jake, let's talk a bit about women's tennis. 16-10, and they advanced to the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament after defeating uh, Syracuse, right? They were the seventh seed in the tournament, beat Syracuse, who was 10th seeded. And that was their sixth win over a ranked opponent this season. Some double trouble, Jack. Wake Forest also took down Syracuse last season the first round of the ACC tournament. So a bit of a repeat history here. Junior Anna Campana secured the clinching victory for the team while the duos of Anna Brillen and Brooke Killingsworth, Jake, were always saying their mm-hmm. name for doubles. And Samantha Martinelli and Casey Wooten picked up wins. Yeah, I mean, looking at this team, you know, holistically this season, these doubles pairings, I mean, they've been killing it, Jack. You talked about Berlin and Killingsworth. They lead this team. They're one of the top duo uh, teams, actually, in the country. And then Samantha Martinelli and Casey Wooten, you mentioned, they, they are both strong as well. Uh, you know, Wake was unfortunately defeated in the quarterfinals by number two-seeded Duke. I mean, they're one of the best in the entire country. Yeah. Uh, number five, that is. Uh, four sets to two. But how about this? Just like I mentioned, Berlin and Killingsworth, they got the doubles point once again for the Deacons with their sixth-ranked victory. Jack, they've won five matches in a row. No wonder we're saying their name so much. Yeah, no, really, really impressive. Just an unstoppable duo and uh, a successful pairing this year, and um, I can't wait to watch them next year. Killingsworth also added a team point in singles. That's her 13th win as a sophomore. Congratulations to this team on a great, great season. Moving to men's tennis, Jake, they are 31-6. and six. Also... You know, had a had a little bit of a disappointing exit to the tournament. They were upset uh, in the tournament quarterfinals by Georgia Tech, four sets to two, right? So they did not reach the championship, right? We were, I know you and me were both looking forward to that matchup sure against Virginia, a revenge match. That never happened uh, as they were upset by Georgia Tech. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Matthew Thompson and uh, Ben Draper provided a little bit of silver lining for the Demon Deacons. They got a win in doubles. The pairing of Sedan Banthia and Jacob Schneider as well, also securing a point for Wake Forest. But you mentioned it, Jack, just falling a little bit short. Um, you know, the team kind of mentioned it to, uh, you know, after the match, just how tough it was to, to you know, have a season as good as they did uh, and then go out, you know, with a, with a tough match like this. However, it's not over for them yet, Jack. We're going to mention it in the previews in just a second here, Jack. But Exactly, exactly. It is, it is not over. Let's move to the previews here, Jake. Real quick, let's talk about men's basketball. They landed a huge transfer, Yawatuka. Um, if that's how you pronounce his name correctly, he can't, he's coming from Marist. Was a real impact player on that team last year. So you love to see the transfer portal again in action. 
getting more guys on this squad. You love to see it because we were so successful last year in the transfer portal. Yep. I'm, I'm really excited. It's like we're getting a new team almost. So. Well, I'm curious, too. I've been hearing rumblings around the team that this could be a domino effect. It could be, all right, once we get the first guy, then they start pulling in. So we'll see it. You know, looking at this guy's stats, Jackie, in a lot of ways reminds me of Damari Monsanto, shooting right around 38% from three. Uh, in the past season, he's a shooter, uh, a pure shooter, um, averaging 15 to 20 points. Um, you know, great, great, great player, and, and we'll see how he uh, how he plays in a gold and black uniform. Interested to see what this means for the rest of the transfers. How about men's tennis, Jack? Tell us about, uh, tell us about them a little bit. Yeah, so uh, as we were talking about, they will await their seeding for the NCAA tournament, and that will start on May 6th. Definitely interested to see who we match up against. And, Jake, they've had some really, really key wins this year. Let's not forget that, right? They had a disappointing exit in that in that ACC tournament, but remember the beginning of the year, they made it pretty far in that tournament in Seattle. You know, like, they've had real quality wins, and, and we can't forget that, and we can't discount this team from running the table in the tournament. Well, and if you think about it, too, I want to say two or three of this team's losses were against Ohio State, you know, the, the, the top-ranked yeah. team in the country. Um, and Tennessee. When Tennessee they were as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, some very, very good losses, and if you're the tournament, you know, looking at a team like Wake Forest, it's just like you would in, you know, say, college basketball. Yes, you know, the momentum might not be there right now, but this team has shown all season long that they can compete. They've had a tough schedule, and they've got uh, plenty of ranked wins. So we'll see uh, what, what seed they come with, and we'll see what kind of fire they, they bring to the table coming off of that loss. How about track and field, Jack? Jake, they're always they're always running around. They always got something. They <laughs> always, always breaking got something records. Going. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. So they have their final tournament, their final competition before the NCAA regionals. That is the Charlotte Invitational, and it'll take place this weekend. Good luck. And men's golf will await their NCAA future as well till May 4th. The Demon Deacons will wait the men's golf selection show, which will air live May 4th at 4 p.m. on Golf Channel. The Deeks will find out which regional location they'll be heading to on May 16th to the 18th. That is, circle your calendar for May 4th, folks. That's the same for women's golf. They will also await their faith, and their tournament will start on May 9th. Jake, let's talk a little bit about baseball. No ACC series this weekend. What's the deal? Well, it's a big chance for this team to get a few more wins uh, heading into a you know tough ACC uh, schedule to end the year. They've got you know teams like NC State, UNC, Louisville all to end this season. But this weekend, a little bit of a softy. They've got two games against Longwood. Hopefully, they get two Ws. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's going to be a weekend where they can kind of recollect themselves, um, get some wins at the couch, and prepare for this last stretch because though those are some really really good teams especially NC State. Definitely need to regain some confidence before going into these games. But yeah, Jake, let's move on to our interview. Uh, we have freshman Roald Mitchell. Really excited. Can't wait. Today we're joined by freshman soccer star Roald Mitchell. Roald, thank you so much for being here. Of course, bro. Thank you. Have yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to start off by asking you, right? We got the number one recruiting class in the country, and you were a part of it. Can you tell us about, you know, kind of what went into the whole recruiting class and, you know, kind of what it was like to be recruited from a, a school like Wake? Knowing that they had a really good soccer team, I actually I actually had a lot of research on Wake before, so I really wanted to go there from the start. Knowing I wanted to be on that team, I um, know I had to, like, work hard for it, you know. It doesn't come that easy. Either it be, like, I'd stay after practice and stuff, you know, work hard. Stay with teammates, stay by myself, and so luckily I was recruited by one of the coaches. So I'm glad to be here. And what was so appealing about Wake? Why did you have your eyes set on it immediately? Um, well, it wasn't just the soccer. I think academically as well. Really, the school is like really good academically. So 
I definitely see myself in the future getting like a degree here. So that's like the main goal. Obviously, before you played for the New York Red Bulls, very competitive team. What lessons did you learn? How did that competition prepare you for this level? I honestly don't see a difference in competition between a Red Bull and the ACC right now. I think the league right now is really competitive. I'm still getting up the same type of competition I'm getting right now. So, now you were one of I think only three guys on the team that played like in every single game last year. What goes into just like the stamina of like being active the whole game and being able to start every single game and play in every single game? Oh yeah, it's just something you have to get used to. You know, as a freshman, I uh, remember the the fall season I didn't get much playing time, so you know it's something I had to adjust to. You know, and so stuff's not working for you and stuff. So you have to like work through it and stuff, just fight through it. You had some consecutive games where you had consecutive goals. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you had some cold streaks. Yeah. How do you go back and forth? How do you go into every game, you know, trying to do your best? Honestly, I just I just sleep on it, honestly. Like, knowing that I'm not doing as well, you know, and I had a lot of scoring on my mind and stuff. So, I have a lot of stuff that factors into that. Me having, like, cold streaks and stuff, so. Yeah. What was, like, the most memorable goal you scored this year? I know you scored that one in the NCAA tournament to, yeah. to win it there. Was that was that the best one, or was that a different one? I would say Loyola, but I think I'm going to go FIU. <laughs> I, that, would just, that was an insane goal because it was fans written all out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You guys all went on that London trip, and, mm-hmm. and you, know, you were able to play against some some great competition, you know, uh, be around those teams out there. What, what was that like, and what all did you guys do? Being in England was definitely an experience. Playing against those other academies, I mean, something that we had to, like, adjust to because it was definitely a higher level, but I think we were able to fight through that. We had a couple of players step up, uh, one of them being Ryan Fessler. He scored a couple of goals and was insane the whole tournament. So I think having to adjust to, you know, like, their playing style and, like, their fields is something that we, like, did really well. So give us a little bit of a preview of the team next year. Um, who are some leaders that we can expect to step up for this team? Um, um, and how's the recruiting looking like? The recruiting's looking pretty good. I know a couple of players are coming in I play with. One of them, his name is Nicholas Rapiu. Really good, special, good on the ball. And um, I think a leader to look up to in the future is definitely uh, Garrison Tubbs, center back. He has really good leadership traits, and I can see him like, carrying our team next year. And talk a little bit about your fellow freshmen on the team. Who are you really close with? Who did you develop a bond with? And, you know, who do you see going forward being some of your best friends? Freshmen, so we have Leo Guarina. I'd probably say he's, like, one of my best friends so far. He's, like, the first one I bonded with. I played with him when I was younger on uh, NYCFC, so we had, like, a little rivalry. Then we have Baba Niang. He's still in Senegal. I think he came back, though. He wanted to get his visa, but that's one of my good friends, too. He also played in Red Bull for a couple. Then we have... Cooper Flax, guy from an RCFC guy, a uh, really good special kid. I'd say I'm starting to build a relationship with him as well, even though he just came in. Then we have uh, Samuel Jones, really good center back, very strong. He's bought me off the ball a couple of times. So. Alec Kennison, he's my roommate right now. I think he's one like a really good friend of mine. He came from Ohio. He's like a really chill kid, you know, coming from San Diego and moving to Ohio, like moving all around the world. So. I see myself having like a strong relationship with a couple of the sophomores on the team. So we have uh, Christian Escribano. I know we, yeah, we had him. He was on the podcast. Yeah, we click a lot, and I hang out with him a lot. I know, and also Chase Oliver. He, I met him when I was like five. We were best friends playing in the same team, and like us being here together right now is just really cool. From a fan's perspective, you're on the hill. If you're in the mm-hmm. stands, like it can get kind of loud. Do you guys, you know, feel it down loud? Do you guys feel it when you're playing? Like, what what is that like from a, from oh, a yeah, player's definitely. perspective? Oh yeah, I think when the fans, no, no matter who it is, the away fans or the home fans, but 
whoever's talking to me definitely like gives us the energy to keep playing for sure. Because there's no fans and like there's no energy for us. So we've got those we've got those rowdy fans too, right behind the goal. You know they'll yeah, right yeah. behind the goal. <laughs> so the yeah. They'll bring it. They'll bring yeah. it. Yeah, and then the goals. Oh my god, it's it's just electrifying <laughs> yeah. to score. Uh, looking at the rest of the ACC next year, who are some teams that you know you might be kind of scared of, and you know might be kind of challenging you guys next year? I'd say probably Georgetown. They're definitely a really good side, coming from a different uh, conference as well. We played them in the spring, beat them, but I think they were like one of our strongest competitions throughout the spring. And then we have um, Pitt, which I think we could have beat them by a couple more goals. And then I know Clemson is really good. And then we have UVA. Every, almost every team in the ACC is really good. So I feel like every team in the ACC is going to give us a challenge, but that's something we should prepare for. You also you come from a family, right, that a lot of athletes. I mean, I think your dad played at, like, Villanova, right? Yep. And then your brother played as well. Like, mm-hmm. What was that like to, you know, continue that trend? Yeah, I think definitely soccer was just, like, something that I had to do. You know, as soon as I was, like, two or three, I started picking a ball. My dad played when he was, like, he started when he was, like, 15. brother started when he was, like, five or six. So I just, like, took up after them, you know, as soon as I started walking. So it was, like, a, something that had to happen. I always ask this last question for the athlete, and there's been a diversity of answers, okay. and I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Where's your favorite food place to eat off campus? Oh, yeah. Jake's, I forgot yours, honestly. I, I can't remember. Off no, campus. off campus. Like, oh, off man. campus food. Camel City, Sinsen, I think that's a top. Okay, yeah. Right. Mine is Bagel Station. That's okay. just automatic answer. Okay. And Kajino for us. Okay. I was going to say Kajino, but yeah. I'm not going to be that generic, but I'm going to say <laughs> Kava. Okay. Yeah, it's an underrated okay. place with yeah. Kava. Right, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. That's, I respect. I like that. We haven't gotten that. You could have said Chipotle too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a creative answer. <laughs> I don't like that. How about how about on campus? On yeah. campus, it's got to be Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one. <laughs> there's someone who came on said Subway, and I was oh, like, nah. all right. <laughs> 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 it's like, all right. <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much for coming so on. Really appreciate it.